Good morning. Welcome to Easter Mennonite Seminary Chapel Worship. Welcome to those of you gathered here in person in Martin Chapel, and welcome to those of you who are joining us virtually. Sisters and brothers, beloved of God, may you experience grace, peace, and joy as we worship God together this morning. Please join me in this call to worship based on Psalm 92 and 95. I will read the regular font and invite you to join me for the bold font. Come, let us sing to Yahweh. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into the divine presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to God with songs of praise. It is good to give you thanks, O Yahweh, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O God, have made us glad by your work. At the works of your hands, we sing for joy. I'm really excited about chapel today because together, we will weave a tapestry of gratitude from the diversity of joy found in our small community. Several years ago, a wise spiritual director shared with me the instructions for living a life penned by the late poet Mary Oliver. They are pay attention, be astonished, tell about it. Pretty simple. And I love this. I have mostly adapted it into my life. Making sure to also include gratitude in the tell about it step. Brene Brown, research professor at the University of Houston Graduate College of Social Work, has spent years researching the relationship between joy and gratitude. She said, in my 12 years of research on 11,000 pieces of data, I did not interview one person who had described themselves as joyful, who also did not actively practice gratitude. So, she concludes, it seems that practicing gratitude invites joy into our lives. Or, as Brother David Steidel Rast puts it, it is not joy that makes us grateful, it is gratitude that makes us joyful. So I guess I have our chapel title backwards today. I called it Joy and Gratitude. Perhaps I should have called it gratitude and joy, but maybe it's like a chicken and egg thing. I think we will find plenty of both gratitude and joy in today's service. I am delighted that eight people have prepared something um, to share with us today. So good. Um, And if you did not contact me in advance, but you brought something with you to share, or if a joy or a gratitude rises within you during the service, we'll have time towards the end for open sharing. If you choose not to share today, I invite you to simply sit back and soak in all that is shared. 
Rejoice with those who are rejoicing. What a privilege that is. Between each speaker, we will sing a song of thanks that Nancy will teach us in just a moment. But first, let me pray for us. Holy, creating, creative God, we sing and speak from the depths of our beings. We speak and sing from the abundance of our joy. We sing and speak in voices separate and unique. We speak and sing with one voice as your body. May the words of our mouths, whether in speech or song, in the meditations of our hearts, whether in prose or poetry, be pleasing in your sight. Amen. Nancy. And then each person can just come up as you see your names listed in the bulletin. Okay, if you have the hymnal and want to turn to it, we're at uh, 699. You probably don't need it. You could put your finger in and lay it to the side. This is the only time it will be in front of us. The words are very simple. We thank you, Jesus. Uh, this is a song that gets sung in a lot of different languages, and it's uh, the first language here is, is Arabic, and if you like that one, that's fine too, but we're just going to do it in English. It can be sung in Swahili, French, Spanish, various, various ways. This is the way it goes, and after this, the music isn't going to be there. I'm just going to be sitting down there, and I'll just start, and you can join in with me. So it goes like this. Uh, you're going to follow the, the main line. If anybody gets into it and really wants to do the leader part later, that's okay, but this is the way it goes. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, we thank you, Jesus. Let's do it. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, I found this on the website beautifultrouble.org. The title is Joy is a Revolutionary Force, and I've been sitting with this for several days now. The one-time supreme leader of Iran, Ruhollah Khomeini, said, apparently, there can be no fun and joy in whatever is serious. Well, I am learning to find joy in the unseriousness of God. In many authoritarian regimes, there are forms of joy that are restricted or banned. Oppressors know that joy can be a dangerous force indeed. Anything that fuels glee can be hard to control and threatens to upend rigid structures of power. So even though anger may come more easily than joy in the face of injustice and oppression, Joy and laughter are often the more powerful response. Our journey towards a better world can and often should be a nurturing and joyful experience. Find pleasure in the process. As Adrienne Marie Brown said, feeling good is not frivolous, it is freedom. I am learning to find joy in the unseriousness of God. So I see why Mary Beth put me after the unseriousness of God, because there is absolutely nothing serious about what I'm going to talk about. <laughs> um, I'm sure many of you have seen videos of penguins on the internet or on TV, and who can't help but laugh and smile when you see their childlike behavior and their silliness and their antics and sometimes rudeness towards each other, but it's all in fun, and I, and I love it. So um, my, my thing with penguins began in 1995 
Uh, I was a freshman in college and I was asked to do a composition on something and it was anything. I could choose from anything in the world for my English composition class and I chose penguins. And from there, this has begun. <laughs> um, and I'm not gonna give you a whole lot of detail about penguins because this is not a science or biology lecture, thank goodness. Um, but there are 17 to 20 different species of penguins and they range in height from the tiniest, which is the little blue or the fairy penguin, at only 12 inches and three pounds. So they're smaller than a newborn, which is kind of interesting when you put it into that perspective to the bigger penguins, which are the king and the emperor, and they stand at three feet, seven inches roughly, so around four foot tall, and weigh 77 pounds. So roughly the size of a husky elementary schooler. <laughs> um, and some prehistoric penguins, or species of penguins, were even larger size-wise and weight-wise than the average adult human. So just put that into perspective. I don't know that I would want to come across one of those. Um, and this may shatter your thought bubble about penguins a little bit, but all species of the penguins live in the southern hemisphere. Um, so I don't want to upset anybody, but penguins and polar bears will never be friends because they will never meet. They're on literally opposite ends of the world. <laughs> the, the main predator to the penguins is going to be seals and orcas who live in those colder temperatures in the south or the southern, very southern hemispheres. Um, so, my family was not behind me in the beginning with my love for penguins. They thought it was a passing fancy, and here it is, 2023, and I'm still collecting penguins, and I have more than I could ever count. Um, yesterday, when I was emailing Mary Beth, I told her I would be here today with my penguins on. And not to disappoint anybody, I do have my penguins on. The shirt I was going to wear this morning as I was getting dressed, I decided it was going to be overkill, so I didn't. <laughs> I didn't, but I did come across this little guy this morning, and my mom asked me if I was going to bring him and use him, and I said, why not? <laughs> so I brought him with me. <laughs> so my family has slowly gotten behind my obsession, I think, um, with penguins so far as that in 2011, my mother paid for me to have a meet and greet with a penguin for my birthday. And that was my first actual physical contact with a penguin. And I was grinning the rest of the day. And this was at Bush Gardens in Williamsburg. So it was, it was quite an exciting thing. So then fast forward about six years, and I'm in SeaWorld celebrating um, 40th birthdays with a friend of mine. And you can see the, ping, the picture there on the right, I'm guessing left, whatever. <laughs> um, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. We had just gotten off the penguin encounter ride in SeaWorld. And um, I was standing there looking at 400 penguins right in front of me. I was in my happy place. <laughs> forget Disney World, forget SeaWorld. Those penguins were my, were my happy place. And there was a gentleman standing next to me, and we started talking about them. And he had some official SeaWorld garb on. And um, so we were chatting, and I said, you know, I've been collecting penguins since 1995. I really love them. I've, I've studied them. I researched them. And we were talking, and he said, you probably know more about them than I do, and I work here. And so we continued to talk, and he, he talked to another employee and made a phone call and came back to me and said, what are you doing at 1.30? And I was like, um, and we had scheduled to go to a dolphin show at 1.30. And I was like, um, nothing I can't change. I can be here. You know, I can, I can do whatever. And so he said, well, meet me here at 1.30. And I said, well, I have a friend. She went outside because it was like 37 degrees in this building, so it was cold. And he said, well, bring her with you. I was like, okay. So we went and had lunch and came back at 1.30. And this was a penguin keeper for SeaWorld that I had been talking to. And he took us, this picture is actually inside the penguin exhibit in SeaWorld. And I got to pet this penguin. He is a um, king penguin. And you can see he's not very tall. He's still a juvenile. But there was about six penguins standing around us that we got to meet that day. And it was um, one of the best days of my life, I will be honest. And um, 
I do have this little guy here. I can't recall his name, but he did tell us what his name was. Um, and he would do his penguin call for us. And if anybody wants to hear that, I can share it with you later. I have it um, on my phone in a video. <laughs> so that was so exciting. And so then in uh, the SLT just a few weeks ago, when I met Mary Beth for the first time, she asked me um, kind of along the lines, what brings you joy? What excites you? And the first thing that came out of my mouth was penguins. And so that was kind of the inspiration for all of this. Um, and as I've been reading for my class, I'm taking evangelism, um, we're reading the book, or just finishing up the book, Sentinels. And I came across something in this book this week, and it says, Christians say they love their hobbies or sports and want to integrate that love with their love of God. And so with that being said, we look at the advice from a penguin. Dive into life. Embrace experiences and find joy. That's what we're here for, to just soak in life and be all that God wants us to be. Find warmth among friends. We know how important it is to surround ourselves with those who will support us, even when we need it the most, or especially when we need it the most. Appreciate snow days. Now, I love the snow. I have, I, I have snowflakes in everything in my life. Um, and snow is very important to my story and my personal story. That's a story literally for another day because it's very long, but it's something that is very, very special to me. So I think that's kind of fun. And it's great to just sit and watch the snow. And I don't know if you notice, like I do, but when it snows, it seems that time slows down. The snow seems to fall in slow motion and it just helps us to remember to slow down and enjoy things in life and take that time for ourselves. Take long walks, alone or together, spend time communing with God and the natural world that he created. Stand together, support the things you believe in. We may all have our differences, but when we dig deep, we find that we are more alike than we sometimes like to admit. Go the extra mile. Help those in need. Look for somewhere where you can help and do it. And the last one, and this one got the better of me this morning because things are not going right at home. <laughs> it says, keep your cool. And this reminds me of the fruit of the spirit, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So I'm going to leave you with this. Penguins are short, they cannot fly, but they're good swimmers. I am short, I cannot fly, but I am a good swimmer. <laughs> that makes me a penguin. And so to take inspiration from Ted Lasso, be a penguin. <laughs> delighted to share a few glimpses of farm life with you on the on a few slides this morning and to share with you about the joy that I find in furry babies who are born on the farm where my family lives. Two years ago our family ordered some chicks through the mail who arrived and we raised them into chickens. Here's one of them. And the hens started to lay eggs a couple of months after they arrived at our farm. There's a couple of pictures of the eggs. We have beautiful shades of brown and of green. Well, it turned out that we didn't have quite as many eggs as we wanted to. So I looked around for a local place to get some more hens who were already a little bit older, who we wouldn't have to wait a couple months until they started laying. And I found a local farm where I purchased about 20 more hens. As it turned out, a few months later, 
And here you'll see on the next slide, one of the hens turned out not to be a hen. <laughs> um, my children said, why is, that, why is that hen jumping on the other ones? And what are those long tails coming, those long feathers coming out of its tail? And then we heard it crowing and we realized, oh, we purchased a chicken who was not a hen but was a rooster. Not to be um, dismayed in any way, I thought, well, this is great. Now we have a little protector of our flock, and I wonder if some of those eggs are fertilized. It just so happened that we were visiting my sister-in-law around that time, and what did I discover in her attic but an incubator? Everything started coming together. So I took a few of the eggs, and last March, some of you who were in my classes during that time might remember this, I put the eggs in the incubator and tended them carefully. Every day, they needed to be turned, like an actual hen would do in the nest. Um, and so we marked the top and the bottom side so we could turn them each day for a period of three weeks until it was time for them to hatch. And lo and behold, many of them hatched. It was fascinating to watch. First we would see a little circular um, crack in the shell where the baby chick was pecking its beak. And we could hear the baby chick peeping inside the egg that hadn't been hatched out yet. Then that little circular peck would turn into a long line that was cracking open. You can see one of them a little bit in the picture here, where you can see kind of a black line on top of the egg. And then we would start to observe the egg would kind of expand and contract a little bit as that baby chick inside was trying to push its way out of the egg. After the first chick hatched, it started tending the other eggs that were showing signs of hatching. It would go near them and chirp really loudly like it was encouraging the others to hatch. It was such a joyful thing to watch. There was so much wonder and discovery. Um, there was some disappointment that not all the eggs hatched or not all the chicks made it. But after we hatched three rounds of eggs, because I was finding so much joy in it, we ended up with quite a few baby chicks. As they grew a little bit, we brought them outside into the sunshine. There's my daughter with one of the babies who was raised on our farm. Just at the same time that these chicks were hatching last year, we also had a pregnant mother cat. So not only, oh, I forgot that picture. Okay, there's another one of the baby chicks and one of our favorite hens that's snowy. <clears throat> so not only did we have baby chicks, but we also got kittens. So we had all of this wonderful, soft furriness in new babies on our farm. Our mama cat had six kittens in her litter and two of them survived. And so we had two kittens on our farm as well. Now here are the pictures that really bring me joy. We put them together <laughs> in, the, in the house for short periods of time just to, to revel in the cuteness. And I took a video as well. So here you can hear, you can hear them if this is going to work. At night, we could hear these chicks chirping <laughs> throughout the day. It, it really um, was a, mostly a joyful noise in our, in our house for a while. <laughs> and um, it also has been a joy to see the baby chicks and the kittens as well grow up. 
So now they're about a year old and we have all these beautiful colors because we had several different uh, breeds of hens first and the rooster mixed with them gave us all kinds of interesting feathers. So now in a couple of weeks, I will start the process again. So you can ask me about it if you want. Good morning. Well, I don't know how I can follow all that. <laughs> this will be very short. Being in nature brings me joy, especially wandering upon this beautiful and magnificent terrain we call Earth. When I'm in nature, communing with the trees, the rocks, the mountains, the water, I feel closer to God's spirit within me. I'm reminded that I'm a participant in nature's flow, that all is well. I'm incredibly joyful that I'm here, a part of nature, and that by being here, I'm able to share and help spread God's love. That's my joy. So I, f I find joy in worshipful music and liturgical and prophetic dance. I've served in church in these different ways and it brings me joy in many ways, connecting to God and also just deepening my relationship with God. So the song that I'm about to sing, um, it combines all of that. And I've been listening to this song nonstop. Um, and yeah, I find happy when I'm listening to it. And we also recently sang this song at our student-led worship celebration on Sunday nights. And it was, yeah, it was a fun time to make everyone dance a little bit and also, um, yeah, have fun. So for a little bit of context, this song is a first point of view song between like us and God and, and that we're supposed to follow God every step of the way and also um, that we're like dancing together metaphorically with God. When you walked across the room and asked me to dance with you, you said you're the one I choose. I couldn't believe it. No, you weren't just passing by. No, you looked me in my eyes. I found my paradise. Oh, you are my paradise. I'm not leaving. Even if the sun drops out of the sky Even if the stars stop shining at night Even if the drummer stops keeping the time If your hands are in mine I won't stop dancing Dancing on the mountain of the victory Dancing through the valley of a broken dream Dancing through the plains of the in-between If it's you and me I won't stop dancing Stop dancing mm -hmm. We've made some memories Yeah, we've got some history If we told them everything They'd never believe it So many loves out there But none of them can compare To this sacred space we share I'm dancing away my cares I'm not leaving even if the stars stop shining at night even if
if the stars stop shining at night Even if the drummer stops keeping the time If your hands are in mine, I won't stop dancing Dancing on the mountain of a victory Dancing through the valley of a broken dream Dancing on the plains of the in-between If it's you and me, I won't stop dancing Whoa. I won't stop dancing To the right, to the left, when you step by step I won't stop dancing To the right, to the left, when you step by step I won't stop dancing To the right, to the left, when you step by step I won't stop dancing Through the right, to the left, when you step by step I won't stop dancing Even if the sun drops out of the sky Even if the stars stop shining at night Even if the drummer stops keeping the time If your hands are in mine I won't stop dancing Dancing on the mountain of a victory Dancing through the valley of a broken dream Dancing through the plains of the in-between If it's you and me I won't stop dancing Stop dancing. I won't stop dancing. Um, next on the program is Kevin Drexel, and he emailed me this morning to say that he would not be able to make it to chapel, um, but he said he would um, still like me to share his slides. Um, so last week at lunch, when I asked him if he had a joy he would like to share, he did not hesitate to, sh to um, identify the source of his greatest joy, um, and that is his twin daughters, um, you can put up the slide, yes. Isabel and Caroline. Um, so this is what he wrote to me in his email this morning about um, his girls. He said, they really are my joy. I love having daughters. I was very involved early on in their lives with feeding and diapers as my wife at the time went back to work. They are my dos burritos as they know. When I changed them and swaddled them in their blankets, I would whisper to them that I was making burritos. To this day, I still call them my burritos. And he has a couple more slide pictures of them. I'm sure he would have had many more stories to share with us had he been able to be with us this morning. So grab him later as you are able to hear um, stories of the joy that these um, two beautiful daughters bring into his life. Good morning. I would like to say that I have three adult children and four grandchildren. And my two girls have two girls of their own. I mean, my two girls have, both have two children of their own. Um, so I would like to share a brief presentation about my four grandchildren who bring me great joy. They are currently ages four, three, two, and one. <laughs> the first thing I would like to say is that having grandchildren gives me great opportunities to shop for awesome toys. 
I get to play with many toys as a middle-aged lady without being questioned since I have grandchildren. <laughs> it is like having my second childhood, but I get to help babysit, change diapers, and help potty train too. This is a very special day. And the reason it is a very special day today is because exactly four years ago, on this day, February 7th, 2019, my very first grandchild, Matthew, was born. This is me holding him at the James Madison University Edith J. Carrier Arboretum when he was only about five months old. And on the next slide, this is Matthew recently today, and he is now four years old today on February 7th. He is growing up so fast. Matthew now has a little sister named Amber. And this is me recently with my second grandchild, who is also my first granddaughter, Remington. She is currently three years old. And on the next slide, you will see Remington smiling. And Remington has a little brother named Ruger. And on the next slide, this is my third grandchild, who is also my second granddaughter, Amber. She is currently two years old, and her older brother is Matthew, my first grandchild. And my last grandchild, last but by no means least, this is my very youngest and fourth grandchild, Ruger. He is currently one year old. His older sister is Remington. I would like to mention that when I was younger, I wasn't always the best mother as far as being present due to past trauma. To care for my children by myself when they were little, but I love them all very much. And now today, I'm gladly, gratefully, and gracefully mending and growing and healing with my grandchildren. I would like to share a short poem that I wrote years ago when I was an undergraduate at JMU and completed a poetry class. It reminded me of my children when they were little and now my grandchildren. It also reminds me of how our Father in heaven loves us and cares for us as his children. It's called, Says Mother Hen. Baskets woven for eggs to hold, some with silver and some with gold. Says Mother Hen, none are good enough to put my babies in. I'll sit and wait for them to hatch. Then round about, you'll never catch. I would also like to share a couple of Bible verses in honor of my children and grandchildren. The first one is Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 40. Keep his stats, statutes 
and his commandments, which I am commanding you today for your own well-being and that of your descendants after you, so that you may long remain in the land that the Lord your God is giving you for all time. And the second one is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 2. So that you and your children and your children's children may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life and keep all his decrees and his commandments that I am commanding you, so that your days may be long. Lastly, I would like to share a prayer with you, especially for children and grandchildren. And for my children, Melody, Jaron, and Hope. This prayer is written by Jane Craft, a grandparent's prayer. God, you have blessed me indeed, and the children I love have children I love with all that is with in me. I pray that in your mercy you watch over and protect my grandchildren as you have always done for me. May their lives be long and healthy. May they have the courage to follow their dreams. And should the day come when I am no longer on this earth with them, may they look back upon me with fond memories and may they never forget that they were and always will be deeply loved by me. Thank you, God. Amen. Good morning. When I found my way here, I was in a system of a lot of structure and pattern. And early on in my studies with the Spiritual Direction Program with Kevin Clark, I stumbled upon a German proverb that has sort of carried me from one season into the one that I'm in today. The, Ger the German proverb is unknown in the authorship, but basically it simply says this, begin to weave and God will give you the thread. And so as I have found myself doing more in my life, I thought maybe I should practice that with my hands. And as a student and a full-time pastor, uh, fiber can be very expensive. And so I have found some wonderful locations for thrifting and antiquing and repurposing and finding a way to make the work of my hands sustainable. And along the way, I found that, yes, in fact, God has given me the thread. Sometimes, though, I wish that God would give me the pattern too, but we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> About once a week, I find myself in this place. I get to recenter. I get to just be Ashley. And I get to go thrifting just down the street. And while there, I just pray that I can be as absolutely present in those moments as I can be. And God speaks to me there, and I find the rhythm of unforced grace and the joy that is in that with God. Along the same lines, I am also a spouse to a clergy person, and that is a journey that I never quite planned. There is really no pattern to being a pastor, and there is especially no pattern these days for being the partner of a pastor. 
And so I say with joy to you this morning that my husband, as of last week, is finally done with the ordination process. And the joy of experiencing that for myself quite honestly is dwarfed by the joy of experiencing that with him. And so I share with you that God does indeed bring us what we need in its season. And I say, thanks be to God. Amen. Well, this has been wonderful. Um, I do want to give space, just a little bit of space, in case some joys or gratitudes have arisen within you all. Um, uh, there is a microphone that Courtney has available um, for those of you gathered. If anyone has a joy that you would like to briefly share. I know our time is running short, um, but if there is something that you would like to share, um, please do so now. And I'm going to grab my paper because I do have one to read. Um, but if anybody has one while I'm walking down there, please jump in. Okay, my is not really a story about joy, um, but is um, to put us in the frame of mind that um, when things happen, we can be happy, um, but the, the experience of joy goes beyond things happening. Nature, circumstances could make us feel happy, but how do we live in the times of trials and the reason why we have to remain in joy. The prophet Isaiah says something in Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3. He said, with joy shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. So your state of mind, your ability to run through trials and still have that fruit of joy in you determines what you'll be able to draw from nature or you'll be able to draw from the scripture and how we're able to live with others. So let's look beyond the happenings and let's begin to walk towards joy in the midst of trials. Yes. Amen. Amen. Luis Padilla asked me to read his statement. He says, I am so grateful, gratitude and joy, for the opportunity to be a seminary student. My dad, who is my biggest supporter, cried together with me when I told him the news and my desire to take the big task ahead. I want to serve God and his people with my education at the seminary, especially those people who suffer from mental health. To God be the glory. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things in Christ. Anyone else? Lydia? Uh, 
I will be playing the piano um, while I invite you to sing Joy to the World. I would invite you to stand if you're able. Um, I normally play piano by myself and find a lot of joy with it. Um, and so I invite you into that space. Um, but please have grace with me as I am accompanying for the first time. And Nancy has graciously um, agreed to help lead you all in the singing part. Um, I'm going to play sort of the last line on the piano and then join in joyfully. has been wonderful. Thank you all so much. I am just going to share this poem as a blessing as we go. This is um, written by Bernadette Miller um, and posted on gratefulliving.com called Benediction. May you taste the colors of sunset. May you touch the chorus of dawn. May your eyes turn toward the beauty, even when it's gone. May you weave a path of blessing through ecstasy and grief. May you tend the flame within you. May you feed it with belief. May you find yourselves in strangers and meet them within you. May you trust what we, that we are windows the world is peering through. May you linger in each moment, receiving with your heart the gift of possibilities that presence can impart. May you become a portal to the love behind, behind your toil. May you become a silence within the world's turmoil. May the prayers that grow within you bloom in many lands. We are woven of connections, and peace is in our hands. Amen. Thank you all. And thank you, Jesus.